Welcome to the Sports Experience. Da -da -da. Welcome to the Sports Experience, and today I'll be starting an eight-part series where I review and analyze every single NFL team's offseason moves and give them a grade. I'll go division by division from the AFC to the NFC. Today, I'll start off with the AFC West. I did a similar episode for my first episode ever, so go check that out before you watch this one. But for now, let's review the AFC West's offseason decisions. And I just realized halfway through recording this that I forgot to give the teams a grade. So, uh, I'm not doing that. Because I'm lazy. Okay, so I just finished this very long episode that I wrote a huge script for that took uh, like about six hours to make. And I'm realizing this is a 30-minute episode, so I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> Let's start off with my favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs. In March, the Chiefs signed three people. They signed corner Antonio Hamilton, offensive lineman Mike Remmers, and they re-signed QB Chad Honey, who was injured last season. Both Mike Remmers and Antonio Hamilton both played for the Giants when they were signed by the Chiefs. They will definitely help out the Chiefs. The Chiefs need secondary help, and they hopefully got it in Antonio Hamilton. Unfortunately, Antonio Hamilton did not play on defense, but only on special teams. Regardless, a member of the secondary is better than almost no secondary at this point. Mike Remmers had concussion problems in the past and has played for a number of different teams, bouncing around from the bottom of the league to the top of the league. He is 31 years old. But the Chiefs did lose Steven Wisniewski and Cameron Irving on the offensive line, so we definitely needed help for the O-line. Let's review who the Chiefs lost. The big names that the Chiefs lost are as follows. They lost punter Justin Colquitt, cornerback Kendall Fuller to the Redskins, guard Steven Wisniewski, tight end Blake Bell to the Cowboys, linebacker Reggie Ragland to the Lions, backup safety Jordan Lucas to the Bears, left end Emmanuel Ogba to the Dolphins, running back LaShawn McCoy, and backup QB Matt Moore. The following month, in April, a number of things have happened. In early April, the Chiefs signed quarterback out of XFL Jordan Tayamu. I found this interesting because the Chiefs already had Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney at quarterback. The only reason the Chiefs would have him on the team is either trade bait or a reliable second-string quarterback next year in case Mahomes gets hurt. However, we just re-signed Chad Henney, so I don't know why the Chiefs are signing another quarterback. Moving on, fullback Anthony Sherman and Mike Pinnell have been resigned by the Chiefs in April. Mike Pinnell was an anchor on the Chiefs' defensive line and was a big help in stopping the run game. Uh, Anthony Sherman is always great, except he chose the forgotten position of running back. Wide receiver Demarcus Robinson also resigned, meaning the Chiefs had five starting wide receivers returning, which is amazing for Patrick Mahomes. So if you thought the Chiefs' machine was done, Chief will reign supreme. Let's look at the release of Dustin Colquitt, the longtime punter for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think what the Chiefs definitely did is they looked at the contract they were giving to Colquitt, two million dollars, and the Chiefs realized that with the Chiefs' high-powered offense, did they really need a punter worth two million dollars? Especially when the Chiefs like have like seventeen dollars left in their salary cap. Don't look that up. And so I guess they looked at it and they said mm, we. He's not worth $2 million when we rarely use him. Don't get me wrong, Dustin Quokka was a great punter, and but he, it's just we didn't want to pay him $2 million. To replace him, the Chiefs signed punter Tyler Newsom and Tommy Townsend, which, who will probably battle it out in preseason and in training camp. They also signed tight end Ricky Seals-Jones to replace Big Bell, who they lost to the Cowboys. 
The Chiefs also re-signed Bashad Breland and signed running back DeAndre Washington out of free agency, as well as re-signing running back Daryl Williams. This means that the Chiefs have about five running backs on the roster, DeAndre Washington, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, and Darwin Thompson. Too many running backs. The Chiefs also released Anthony Lanier, uh, the defensive end, Marcus Marshall, the running back, Kyler Shermer, the quarterback. All three of those guys were on the practice squad, so there's a chance you never heard of them. They also si- they also signed the following people to their practice squad. <gasps> Andre Basile, wide receiver. Mar- Marcus French, wide receiver. Alaveo Haifu, wide receiver. Kalijic Lipscomb, wide receiver. Justice Shelton Mosley, wide receiver. Cody White, wide receiver. Yasir Durant, tight tackle. Javon Fair, guard. Trishon Wharton, defensive tackle. Amari Kov, left linebacker. Brian White, linebacker. Uh, Ronnie Clemens, safety. Jalen Julius, safety. Hakeem Bailey, cornerback. Javarius Davis, cornerback. Lavery Hill, cornerback. <sighs> the Chiefs also signed QB Shia Patterson, the undrafted quarterback in Michigan. Why are we signing so many quarterbacks? We have Patrick Mahomes. And for the greatest selection of the free agency, the Chiefs re-signed Taco Charlton. We got Taco. Ladies and gentlemen, we did. We got Taco. Yes, yes, yes! Alright, moving on. Now I'll review the six draft picks for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round, the running back out of LSU. This was a great pick for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is shifty, he's fast, and he makes quick cuts and is good in the pass blocking, and is great in the passing game. He was definitely needed to help out the Chiefs' run game and open passing lanes for Patrick Mahomes. I just wish that the Chiefs had gone and drafted like a cornerback or something. In the second round, the Chiefs drafted Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker out of Mississippi State. He is particularly good in defending the pass and is very athletic, something the Chiefs really needed. He does have some off-the-field issues, which definitely makes us the Chiefs draft pick. Wouldn't be the Chiefs if we didn't draft a player with domestic abuse issues. Willie punched his quarterback in a fight before a game, causing the quarterback to miss the game. Regardless, the Chiefs needed linebacker help after losing Reggie Ragland to the Lions. In the third round, the Chiefs selected tackle Luis Li- Lucas Liang out of LSU. Liang is a huge tackle, but a hip injury ended his season early last year. He could be a potential sh- starter, definitely. In the fourth round, the Chiefs took corner Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech. Uh, Snead is mainly a safety, who could definitely be a backup replacing Jordan Lucas, who left in free agency to the to the Bears. In the fifth round, the Chiefs took defensive end Michael Dan- Donna out of Michigan, who will be replacing Emmanuel Agba, who left to the Dolphins. He's certainly a starter and hasn't proven himself yet. Fifth round might be a little too high for him. In the seventh round, the Chiefs took Bo Pete Keys, who is a corner out of Tulane. Keyes might be good and was considered better than his 7th round selection suggested. He's athletic and speedy, which adds to a secondary who is not particularly good. The Chiefs also exercised their 5th year option on Patrick Mahomes' rookie contract, meaning that the Chiefs will continue to pay Patrick Mahomes' rookie contract uh, until the end of this year. Uh, which basically means that the Chiefs are buying themselves one year to try and come up with enough money to pay Patrick Mahomes the contract that he deserves and not some low-end rookie contract. This is going to be definitely a year where you could see Sammy Watkins being released by the Chiefs because the Chiefs, they've given Sammy Watkins a huge contract deal 
And I just think they'll be cutting away all of his money. They'll be trading him or releasing him so they can somehow get the money together to pay MVP caliber quarterback Patrick Mahomes the money he deserves. Uh, that's all for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers this year have not done a ton in terms of offseason moves. The Chargers announced the retirement of longtime tight end Antonio Gates on January 15th, after he himself came out with the, uh, he was retiring on January 14th. Antonio Gates was a staple of the Chargers, so it was kind of sad to see him go. If you were a Chargers fan, of course, because all of us AFC West fans are celebrating the fact that we don't have to guard him anymore. The Chargers also extended Anthony Lynn's contract, as well as named the following coaches. Stan- they announced that Stan Steichen will remain the offensive Shane Steichen will remain the offensive coordinator. They also named James Campen the offensive line coach, David Diaz Infante, assistant offensive line coach, Alfredo Roberts, tight ends coach, Mark Rid- Ridgley, running backs coach, Rip Scherer, senior assistant, Addison Lynch, assistant defensive backs coach, and Ryan M- Mylus. A quality control assistant for defense. I just butchered all those names. Didn't get a single name right. Uh, yeah, I... Those were weird names. <laughs> it's funny, because those were probably normal names. I just don't know how to pronounce anything. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I pronounced Demarcus Lawrence Demarcus Lauren. So that should tell you about how, how well I pronounce words. Uh, the Chargers also tendered defensive end Isaac Rochelle. Oh my gosh, I'm awful. And offensive tackle Trent Scott. There's an easy name. Trent Scott. And placed a second-round tender on cornerback Michael Davis. Uh, Meaning that if a team signed Davis, they would have to give up a second-round draft pick. I don't know what kind of tenders were placed on Isaac Rochelle and Trent Scott. But let's hope chicken tenders. (laughs) Haha, get it, get it. Okay. They also signed... uh, guard Brian Bulaga, and they lost fullback Derek Watt and running back Melvin Gordon, Gordon signed by the Broncos, and Derek Watt to the Steelers. They also lost longtime quarterback Phillip Rivers to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he was aging, and he was throwing just too many interceptions, and his little sidearm flick just wasn't working in today's NFL. They also stole Broncos corner Chris Harris Jr. and got defensive tackle uh, Lynn Ball Joseph from the Vikings. They also lost linebacker Thomas Davis and wide receiver Travis Benjamin in free agency. Thomas Davis to the Redskins and Benjamin to the 49ers. They also got linebacker Nick Vigil from the uh, from the Bengals to replace Thomas Davis. Let's review the Chargers draft picks. In round number one, they got QB Justin Herbert out of Oregon at pick number six. This was definitely a needed pick. The Chargers needed a replacement for Phillip Rivers and they got one. Unfortunately, Justin Herbert has been a little inconsistent in Oregon. In round number one, they also got linebacker Kenneth Murray, the linebacker of Oklahoma. Murray will definitely be good because of his spot, his size, speed, and athleticism, and he will definitely help out the Chargers. Uh, in round number four, they got Joshua Kelly, the running back out of UCLA. The Chargers need a running back to back up Austin Eckler, and they got one Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly uh, at UCLA was very good, especially with the poor UCLA line. Um, Joshua Kelly, however, is not very elusive and is kind of ordinary in terms of his skill sets. Uh, they, the Chargers need a running back to back up Austin Eckler, and he's very physical and pretty fast. Uh, all right. In round number five, the Chargers selected Joe Reed, 
the wide receiver out of Virginia. The Chargers got Reed to mainly back up Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Reed is very fast and can track the ball well. He can line up at any spot on the line and is a kick returner too. However, he isn't able to fake out a corner and only relies on beating the corner with his speed. He also needs to get better at route running. He's a, I feel like he's a lot like John Ross in a sense. Lots of speed and not a whole lot of skill to match. In round number six, the Chargers drafted Alohi Gilman, the safety out of Notre Dame. Gilman is good at tracking the ball and is fast to get to the backfield in the run defense. He is a very high motor and is a good tackler. Uh, he doesn't have very good speed, though, and has almost no range, something that's not very good in today's NFL uh, in round number seven, the Chargers drafted K.J. Hill, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. They added on to the receiving core that they had already improved with Joe Reed. Hill is pretty good at blocking in the run game and can accelerate very fast when he's running his routes. His route running is great, and his hands are soft and natural in catching the ball in stride. He, however, does not have good length or ball skills at all. Okay, let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Probably one of the biggest news for the Broncos in the offseason was being able to sign Melvin Gordon from the Chargers. Melvin Gordon is going to be definitely great for the Broncos. I feel like they already had star Philip Lindsay, and now they just are adding on to that great running game with Melvin Gordon. Unfortunately, they did trade a fullback Andy, Andy Janovich to the Browns for a seventh-round draft pick. Janovich was one of the staples in a weak offensive line and being able to be a great lead blocker for Philip Lindsay, but now they've lost him. The Broncos also hired Pat Shermer to be their offensive head coach following the firing of Rich Scandrello. Was this a good hire? I think so. I really Anybody other than Rich Scandrello was good. Scandrello didn't really call good plays and was very conservative in his play calling, which was terrible because Joe Flacco is their QB for most of the season, who is almost the most wary game manager type of a QB in terms of style of play. Pat Sherman was the head coach of the Giants before coming to the Broncos, who were pretty bad last year. He was able to coach up Daniel Jones pretty well, but he hasn't had really any success ever for Pat Shermer. Let's just hope he can dial a good place for Drew Locke. The, Blanco, the Broncos also named Richard Herdado the vice president of football administration and named Mike Shula quarterback's coach. Another great move from the Broncos was getting A.J. Williams. Uh, the Broncos traded for him to most likely replace Chris Harris Jr., who they lost to the Chargers. The Broncos traded a fourth-rounder for him. Two days later, the Broncos also got a steal when they traded for Jarrell Casey for only a seventh-rounder. This this is beyond me. I can't believe that the Broncos got a huge steal and just Jarrell Casey. Now, Jarrell Casey is um he's kind of getting up there in age. He's only 30 years old, so I would say he's got a couple of years of good production left in him. Uh, this was probably the only thing I could guess with the Titans is that they traded him just to get rid of like cap space, which I kind of understand. This was a huge move for the Broncos because they had already lost Derek Wolf, their defensive end. Um, so this was definitely a good replacement. Broncos also got guard Graham Glassnap, Glasgow, who was primarily on the Lions when they were, he was signed out of free agency. The Broncos also released quarterback Joe Flacco, who was recently signed with the Jets. Flacco is okay at best, though he is getting older. He unfortunately cannot make the stellar plays that he used to be able to, combined with the weak offensive line. Flacco was injured last season, which paved the way for Drew Locke. All in all, the Broncos signed quarterback Riley Neal, running back Levante Bellamy, wide receiver Zamari Manning, wide receiver Kendall Hinton, offensive lineman Hunter Watts, cornerback Esayang Bassi, and cornerback Douglas Coleman III, they also re-signed Justin Simmons, the safety, Bryce Callahan, the cornerback, 
Deontay Spencer, the wide receiver, and Devontae Bosby, the cornerback. Uh, so I think definitely one of the strengths for this Broncos team is their cornerback core. I feel like with Devontae Bosby, Bryce Callahan, and now A.J. Bouye, I feel like this definitely could be a, an okay secondary, um, especially going up against uh, the Chiefs. Uh, let's look at the Broncos' draft picks. In the first round, the Broncos drafted Jerry Judy, the wide receiver, who will definitely be a major help. The Broncos needed weapons for Drew Locke to throw to. Um, and I definitely think this was a great pick, because they already had Quentin Sutton, and now they were just adding on to that wide receiver crew. Uh, I also think that, well, looking over his, like, um, his draft log, or draft profile, I guess I should say, uh, Jerry Judy, was, his best strength is at route running. And uh, combined with his speed, I definitely think he'll be a good player. Uh, in the second round, the Broncos drafted Cage Hamler, another wide receiver. Uh, I think, he, apparently he was one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. All this means, I think, that the Broncos are going to have a great secondary and a great wide receiving core. Uh, which just makes for success, I guess. Alright. Wow, they have, a, they have a lot of draft picks. I'm looking, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They have ten, so they have ten draft picks, pretty much. Uh, alright, moving on. Okay, let's move on to round number three, where the Denver Broncos picked Michael Ujimudia, the cornerback out of Iowa. Michael Ujimudia, I don't know how to say his name, I'm not gonna try. I'm gonna just say, call him Michael. Uh, Michael has impressive ball skills, and he's pretty good at breaking up passes. He's very good in the zone co coverage. And um, he's a he's very patient. He doesn't over go at his reads. Uh, he's pretty athletic and keeps the play in front of him at all times. Uh, his the downside for this guy is that he has minimal experience in press coverage, meaning he hasn't played a whole lot in the press coverage, and he hasn't really um, he hasn't really participated in like a NFL defense type style. And what I mean by that is he's played in very like simple coverage, as like. Just, just like a simple Tampa 2, simple cover 2. Just simple defenses that he's going to need to adjust to the NFL defenses if he wants to be good in the next level. Uh, especially with Vic Vangio, like the defensive-minded quarterback that he is. Um, Alright. And then he also can be overcautious about a big play, meaning he'll go all the Like, he'll stay back. He won't try to make a huge play. He'll just stay back. Uh, the bummer with this is, like, like I said before, he says, keeps the play in front of him. What this means is basically he is too overcautious. So I think he needs to just, and that's part of it being he hasn't really adjusted to NFL defenses yet. He needs to be aggressive and being able to attack the football. Uh, he's not very good in the run game, and there's a lot unknown about him. Uh, I think he'll definitely, hopefully he'll make an impact. I think... He could be good, it's just an issue of will he be good, and will he be aggressive enough to make those plays. Alright, continuing, another round three pick. Uh, the Denver Broncos, he's their draft pick. Uh, on Lloyd Cushenberry III, which is, it's a, it's a great name. Cushenberry. Uh. <laughs> uh, he's he's the center out of LSU. So, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. I don't think we'll find more better names than that, I think. Uh, Cash M Moolah might be the greatest name, but Lloyd Cushenberry is definitely a second, but Cash Moolah might be a great name, might be the better name here. 
Um, Alright, so overall, the things he good at, he's good at. So right now, I'm looking at, like, the standard draft profile. What I'm doing is I'm looking at the strengths and weaknesses and basically paraphrasing these guys because I don't want to control C, control V, if you don't know what I mean. Um, so, alright, so pr the pros about Lloyd Cushenberry, the third. Uh, he's pretty big, and he's tall, and he, it helps him win when he first makes, like, that contact with the defensive lineman. He has great grip strength, and he's able to use his powerful length to body people. Um, <laughs> he does well to get low and get underneath his pads, so to speak, and be able to push defensive linemen out of the way. He's able to recover quickly if he is um, if he is beaten, which is definitely very good. And he has good awareness in pass blocking, and his ability to communicate with other people is great. His worst trait, however, is his range. Uh, now, his range is he can get a little too top-heavy, and, like, you know, like, he tries to convert all of his weight into one side, and he gets, like, moved past. Uh, he needs to get a better job of keeping his feet balanced in pass protection. And, um, uh, his NFL comparison is Joff Hennigartner, who I have no idea who that is. Alright, moving on to the the next pick. Now, the Broncos got this pick from the 49ers, round number three, and they drafted McTelvin Algim, McTelvin Algim, the defensive tackle out of Arkansas. Now, alright, so McTelvin Algim, so... He is quick, flexible, and plays with good leverage, which basically means he's fast. Um, he gets quickly past the line of scrimmage, and he has good acceleration. He moves very well in different directions, and can keep his hands and his paths clean. He has a good enough amount of like pass rush moves to get to the quarterback, uh, he, and he's pretty fast. His acceleration is probably the best thing about him, and that, yeah, his quickness is his functional, is his best. Now, his worst trait is his functional strength. And what that means is he needs to be able to constantly, like, push past people. He needs to, like, not use his quickness so often, like, being able to bull rush somebody. Um, he's not very fast, but, like, he doesn't think quickly when the run's coming on him, like, what hole he should fill. And he doesn't really read the blocks well. Uh, he wins with quick, but he needs to be more powerful. Alright, the next draft pick for the Broncos... Uh, was in round number four. Albert Okawabunga, man. Oh my gosh. Why do all these people have so weird names? I can't pronounce any of these names. Albert Okawagabunam. The Titan out of Missouri. Uh, I'm just gonna call him Albert. He, yeah. Alright, so, he's pretty fast and he's really big. He's 6'5". And, um, he's able to, you know, he's got that vertical throw. He's, he can able to, like, you know, jump ball uh, pass from Drew Locke, and boom. Uh, however, the Broncos already have Noah Fant, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll dig him. Alright, so his NFL comparison is Martellus Bennett, who I believe was like a long-time guy. Uh, he is, he's pretty quick, like his speed is definitely good, and he has good body control. Uh, the bottom is, he's not very good blocking, and his separation quickness is not very good. Meaning he can he can't like create separation with the linebacker or whoever's covering him. He does have good speed, so you'd think that his separation quickness would be good, but uh, he's unfortunately not not very good at uh, getting off of a corner. All right, so the next pick was Justin Sternad, the linebacker of Wake Forest. 
So uh, Justin Sternad, he's smart, he's physical, and he's fluid, fast linebacker. Uh, and his best trait is definitely range. So this means he comes, he drops back in zone, and he's able to read the quarterback. Uh, unfortunately, his worst trait is tackling, which is definitely not very good for a linebacker. And uh, I think definitely a concern for NFL teams is that in 2019 he had, he tore his bicep, which uh, definitely won't be good. Uh, he's not very good in man coverage as he is in zone, which will might be a concern. But yeah, the next pick was Nitain Muti, the uh, the the guard out of Fresno State in the sixth round. Nitain Muti, uh, he's he was a left guard and a guard, so it's definitely good. The greatest thing about him is he has mobility and power, which is definitely very. He he moves quickly and he's powerful, so he he's definitely pretty much everything you'd want in an offensive lineman. Except for one thing, he's had injuries in the past, uh, which is definitely not very good. He's had an Achilles, a ruptured Achilles. Uh, he had a season-ending Lisfranc foot injury. So he's everything you could want in a lineman. He just has injury problems. And this, I think he'll definitely be a good help for the Broncos, who had almost no offensive line help. Uh, the next pick in round number seven was Derek Tuska, uh, the edge rusher out of North Dakota State. Now, Derek Tuska. Uh, he's a good three-year starter, and he plays with a, just a high motor. Like, he's always going, no stop, no end, always moving, which is definitely his greatest strength. However, he doesn't really have good length, meaning he can't like put his arms out and like you know have good pressure. Uh, he just needs to get better at you know pass rushing. All right, moving on. Their final pick was Tyree Cleveland, the wide receiver out of Florida, and uh, so Tyree Cleveland. Oh, sorry, I, I mixed these up. Terry Cleveland was the second to last. Derek Tuska was last, but I did a matter of it. So, uh, apparently, so separation, he isn't very good at. However, he's got okay round running. Like, he knows where to find open grass, but he doesn't really have quick acceleration and separation he needs. Uh, he's a pretty good catcher. He's got strong hands, um, and he is he's pretty good at contested catch. If he, like, if Julak, like, lobs a high point pass, he'll be good. But this is definitely a loaded wide receiver core for the Broncos. Uh, let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, let's move on to the last team in the AFC West, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders. So they were able to sign a cornerback from the Bears, Prince of Mukamara, obviously adding secondary help to combat the Chiefs. Uh, they also they lost to hear Whitehead, their linebacker, and they were able to sign QB Marcus Mariota. I'm noticing a theme for the Raiders here is signing all of the old Cowboys players. They got Jason Wynn, the tight end, uh, who is 38. They got they got Jeff Heath, the safety, who is 29. I guess not old, but he's getting up there in age. Uh, they also got Mar- Malik Collins, 25. I mean, they're not old players, I guess, but you know what I'm saying. They're Cowboys players, so they stocked up on Cowboys players. Um, anyway... They also got college. They lost colleges of the safety, but they were able to make up for it with getting Demarius Randall, the safety from the Browns. They also signed Corey Littleton, the linebacker from the Rams. A great signing because they definitely needed linebacker help after losing to here Whitehead. Uh, they're also able to re-sign Jalen Richard. Uh, so yeah, they also signed Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles, who dropped everything last year. So wahoo! Uh, anyway, they also got Richie Incognito. They re-signed him. He's 37 years old, mostly has a reputation of a dirty player. Uh, yeah, they and they also re-signed Nathan Peterman, who has thrown more pick sixes than I can ever. So, in my book, he's the goat. Then, 
let's move into the draft. Alright, let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders draft. In round number one, they got Henry Ruggs III, the wide receiver out of Alabama. So, they definitely reached for this guy. He had the, he had a 4-2, the best 40-yard dash in the NFL scouting combine. So, uh, they definitely needed a wide receiver, but they could have gotten a better wide receiver. They could have gotten C.D. Lamb, they could have gotten Jerry Judy, but they reached for this guy. They also reached for Damon Arnett. I'm seeing a pattern here. Damon Arnett was a cornerback out of Ohio State, but, however, he was selected to go 58th overall, which means, um, you messed up, Gruden. You messed up. 58th overall means late second round. Late, late second round. And they drafted him at 19th overall in the first round. Nice job, Gruden. Okay, moving on to round number three. They got Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver out of Kentucky. Uh, they definitely needed a wide receiver for this uh, career. They needed better weapons for Derek Carr to throw to and possibly Marcus Mariota. In round number three, they got Byron Edwards, wide receiver out of South Carolina. So that's the three wide receivers that they've drafted in this draft. They could have gotten defensive players, defensive secondary, but nope, they got three wide receivers. In round number three, they also got Tanner Muse, linebacker out of Clemson. So, they definitely needed a linebacker help to just shore up that defensive depth, which was definitely good. In round number four, they got John Simpson, the offensive guard out of Clemson, to protect Derek Carr mainly, probably. And hopefully Derek Carr can trust uh, Simpson to do well for him. They also got Amik Robertson, the cornerback at uh, Louisiana Tech. So, good pick by the Raiders. They needed a cornerback, and they got one here. And that's all the draft for the Raiders. <laughs> Thank you so much for participating on the Disney ride that I like to call a podcast, The Sports Experience. Of all those